from New York, it's the Jack Farr Show with Robert Merrill, Buddy Hackett, Alexander King, Jose Mellis and his orchestra, and yours truly, Hugh Downs. And now, here's Jack! What you're hearing is how The Tonight Show began under its second host, Jack Parr. There's Dorothy Kilgallen up there. <laughs> Take the mask off, Dottie. We knew all the time. <laughs> Say, I hear she's going to go to India. Where, where, where would she get an idea like that? <laughs> what would she do in India unless she wants to fight a mongoose? I really don't understand. <laughs> Jack Parr passed away on January 27th at the age of 85. He's a TV legend, and he deserves to be. Unfortunately, I think a lot of you listening to me right at this moment have never even heard of Jack Parr. Well, we're going to do our best in the next 20 minutes or so to explain to you why this guy matters, why he is a legend of television broadcasting. The Tonight Show is an American institution. It began in 1954. It was the brainchild of NBC executive Pat Weaver. Pat Weaver is the dad of actress Sigourney Weaver. Its first host was Steve Allen. Steve Allen hosted for three years and then went on to his own prime time television program. He was succeeded by a 40-year-old comedian who had had some success in radio and television, but had never really hit it big. Jack Parr would, however, hit it big as the second successful host of The Tonight Show. Parr um, decided that he wasn't really a sketch comic. Before him, Steve Allen had relied upon uh, a bunch of regulars, guys like Louis Nye, Tom Poston, Don Knotts, to uh, flesh out uh, some, of the, some of his comedy stylings. He did a lot of things that Letterman still likes to do on television, go out in the man in the street, do zany antics. Uh, Letterman was imitating Steve Allen when he had himself uh, <laughs> strapped with Alka-Seltzers and dipped into a giant vat of water. That wasn't the sort of thing that Parr uh, could do, comedically. He decided he wasn't going to do sketch comedy, and therefore he decided to go with his strong suit, which turned out to be conversation. Now, talk shows, of course, are about talk. Well, except that today, it seems everyone that comes on has a movie to promote, has a book to plug, and has some little anecdote that they've been carefully rehearsed to come out and spew. They've only got a few minutes to do it, so they come out and it's bang, bang, bang. It's pretty much scripted, really. Well, Parr, in the early days, would do live television for an hour and 45 minutes where it was pretty much him in conversation with the guests. Imagine that. Since Parr wasn't going to rely on comedy shtick, he was going to have to do conversation better than it had been done before, and, and he did. I think he did it better than it's been done since. To facilitate things, he would pick people who were masters of conversation. For example, Oscar Levant, piano prodigy and eccentric, was a favorite of Jack Parr because Levant would come on. What do you do for exercise? I stumble and then I fall into a coma. <laughs> Levant wrote a book called Memories of an Amnesiac. That should give you some idea where Oscar Levant was coming from. Some quotes from that book. I think a lot of Leonard Bernstein, but not as much as he does. Lenny has no humor about his egomania. I do. I keep saying the wrong things at home, to friends, and on television. When Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped, I said, it must have been done by music critics. 
I once said cynically about a politician, he'll double-cross that bridge when he comes to it. Parr was fond of the British. He said they used the language better than we do. So he had people on like uh, raconteurs Robert Morley and Peter Ustinov. I just have to pause for a moment and think fondly of how this act. Peter Ustinov has done so much. He's an actor. He's a film producer. He's appeared in classics like Topkapa and uh, was actually doing a documentary film in India and was there when Prime Minister Indira Gandhi was assassinated. Peter Ustinov's a guy that knows how to tell a story, and unfortunately, although he's still alive, he doesn't do it of late. But he used to be on Jack Parr all the time. People would tune into the Jack Parr show because you never quite were sure what was going to take place. Even people that worked on the show, like Hal Gurney, said that, uh, boy, you never knew what Jack was going to do. Uh, apparently one night he was reminiscing with someone on the show about uh, an actor from Chicago, a radio actor named Cliff Arquette, and said, geez, I wonder whatever happened to Cliff Arquette. Apparently Cliff Arquette was watching the show in, in, in Los Angeles with a scotch in his hand, just about fell over when he heard his name mentioned, sent Parr a telegram saying that, have costume, will travel. He then uh, showed up on Jack Parr's show as the familiar character Charlie Weaver. He was a show business uh, a staple for about uh, 30 years after that. And I believe that Cliff Arquette is, if, correct me if I'm mistaken, is the father of, uh, of Patricia and Rosanna and uh, David Arquette, is he not? Parr's concept was that he wasn't conducting an interview, he was having a conversation with people, and people would then relax and say things they probably shouldn't say to a national television audience, (laughs) some things they regretted for years, apparently. But um, he would get on with people like John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon during the 1960 campaign and converse with them. In fact, here's a clip of Richard Nixon's appearance when he played the piano on the Jack Parr program. You asked a moment ago whether I had any future political plans to run for anything. And uh, if last November didn't finish it, this will, because believe me, the Republicans don't want another piano player in the White House. And Parr had an eye for talent. A lot of people that are uh, very famous today got their start on the Jack Parr program. Woody Allen, I believe, made his first appearance. Bill Cosby credits Jack Parr with jump starting his career when he made an appearance on the program at the age of 26. The Smothers Brothers first appeared on the Jack Parr program. And in spite of what you heard, the first appearance of the Beatles... Playing music on American television was not on The Ed Sullivan Show on February 8th, 1964, the 40th anniversary of which is uh, coming up upon us, but rather the month before when Jack Parr aired a film segment showing the Beatles performing in the UK. The BBC clip showed the group singing She Loves You. One, two. She loves you. Let's go now to our special media correspondent, Gary Chu. Jack Parr meant a lot to him. Are you there, Gary? 
I am here, and yes, Jack did. He uh, was a kind of a iconoclast in television, although he was not on TV a very long time as compared to some of the other great talk show hosts. Uh, Jack uh, set some standards, I think, and uh, they've never been uh, surpassed since. Yeah, you wrote about him in uh, on on your on your little commentary you do for Tulsa TV Memories. That's right. And said that uh, that talk shows were different uh, back when Parr was on. That uh, although they have the same elements that have been refined since then, the agent the um, the agenda was less affected by publicity and promotion. Most everybody who walks on and sits down on the sofa, whatever show it might be, the the reason they're there is because they're either plugging a film or. They're plugging a book or they're plugging a record, and that's fine, but, you know, there, there are other reasons to have somebody on a talk show. And Jack Parr had some of the, he maybe had some of the same people on over and over again, but they always had interesting things to say. And Jack was one of those guys who could get underneath it all and get to what was interesting and cause the guest to kind of pour it all out to him and the audience. And, and of course, Jack also handled his guests very well. He was very, you know, very mannerly and very uh, sensitive to the guest and wasn't tacky like a lot of uh, talk show hosts are these days. Now, Hal Gurney was the director for Jack Parr, and of course people know him from the David Letterman show when Dave goes to the booth or whatever and there's Hal. Um, On this uh, video I have uh, about Jack Parr that came out, I guess, about five, six years ago, what Gurney said was that the Jack Parr that you saw in private was the same guy you saw on television, which is not the case, I think, for a lot of people in Hollywood. But you know someone that actually did know Jack Parr. Since Jack died a few days back, uh, I've talked by email with a, a former NBC uh, host, and this guy's name is Jim Hartz. Jim uh-huh. was a Today Show host for some time on uh, NBC. Yeah, I went to college with Jim. We're both from the same hometown. And he had an interesting story about Jack to give you an idea of how uh, unassuming Parr was. And that was, Jim Hartz told me that one uh, time that Jack had left the studio in the evening and was driving home. And he said this was before, in the days when the stars drove their own cars and weren't chauffeured around. And Parr had changed his suit at the studio and had a completely different set of clothes on and he forgot to put his wallet and his change in his new set of clothes he'd put on and he came up to this toll booth to go across a bridge and he realized he had not one penny on his person. (laughs) Parr panicked and said, oh my God, I don't have any money. And he pulls up to the toll booth guy and says, I don't have any money. And the toll booth guy looks at him and says, oh, Mr. Parr, we've had a good day. You just go on through and go on home. Parr wasn't even realizing that the guy would obviously recognize him as being a, a star of television. Uh-huh. You know, he just didn't think about it. So that was the kind of guy I think Parr might have been. Jim Hartz, uh, who lives in Virginia now, and he's retired. He hasn't been on TV for a long time. After he left NBC, did a, 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 a show for PBS, which was called Over Easy. And he lived in San Francisco at the time and, uh-huh. and did the show there, I think, most of it. I, I really did never see that show because I never lived in a, around a PBS station that carried it, unfortunately. Wow. But he did that show with Mary Martin. And uh, he said that one time he and Mary had Jack Parr on their show, uh, the PBS Over Easy. And after they had finished tape- taping the show, they went to Mary Martin's house in San Francisco for dinner and took Jack Parr along with him. And because uh, he had been the guest and everything, and they wanted to have a little uh, fun time together. And Jim had just recently remarried, 
So he brought his new wife along, and Jim said that what he really liked about Parr, another good thing, was that, that Parr spent a lot of time in really making her feel at home telling jokes to his new wife, and then he told her how to handle the jokes and tell them like he was sort of coaching her. He how to get really, the most out of the joke. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And believe me, he could. Yes, he could. That was the only time his wife ever met Parr, but she remembered him fondly from that one single meeting and always uh, had a real nice place in her head and heart for Jack Parr because of the way he uh, treated her that evening at that dinner at Mary Martin's in San Francisco. It's a sad era that we've, we've passed and we'll never see again, I think. But in some ways, the ghost of Jack Parr tries to live on. We, we do try on this show to have some interesting conversation in his style. And so, in a way, I hope that uh, we're providing our own electronic uh, tribute to the legend that was Jack Parr. Well, Gary, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts. And we'll, we'll have to come and talk about some of these legends of TV in the early era. Because I think a lot of, uh, a lot of kids today, I mean, uh, they don't even remember Johnny Carson. <laughs> I think he'd be, we should go back and take a look at some of the great ones of the past. Johnny was a great one, too. All righty. Take care. Thank you, Gary. Probably the most famous episode in Jack Parr's career was his walking off the show. Walking off the show, and in his own mind, probably never coming back, over being censored. He walked out on principle. Now, who among us uh, hasn't been tempted, you know, in, in, a, in a difficult time to, at some point, just walk away from something that we don't do because of the great personal cost? Well, Jack Parr, at the top of his game, walked off The Tonight Show because they censored the following. I'm going to excerpt some of the, um, the routine that was dubbed obscene and was preempted by a news item, which uh, let the nation think, oh my God, why are they censoring the Jack Parr show? NBC executives agreed that uh, it was not obscene, but they wouldn't give in because, well, they didn't want him basically countermanding a corporate decision. They made a corporate decision, they said, and they were going to stick with it, no matter how stupid apparently it was. Well, Parr wouldn't have it. He walked off The Tonight Show after his opening monologue and turned over the program to co-host Hugh Downs to fend for themselves. Now, this is pretty tame stuff for an era where uh, Jason Timberlake is exposing (laughs) Janet Jackson's breast to a national television audience. But uh, this is an amusing little piece, and I want to show you how things have changed. This was censored. All right, Parr had a story about an English lady while visiting Switzerland looking for a room, asked the schoolmaster if she could recommend any tour. He took her to see several rooms, and when everything was settled... The lady returned to her home to make final preparations to move. When she arrived home, the thought suddenly occurred to her that she had not seen a W.C. Water closet in the continental parlance around the place. So she immediately wrote a note to the schoolmaster asking him if there was a W.C. around. The schoolmaster was a poor student of English, so he asked the parish priest if he could help with the matter. Together they tried to discover the meaning of the letters W.C. And the only solution they could find was... Wayside Chapel. The schoolmaster then wrote the English lady the following note. Dear Madam, I take great pleasure in informing you that the W.C. is situated nine miles from the house you occupy in the center of a beautiful grove of pine trees. It is capable of holding 229 people and is open on Sunday and Thursday only. As there are a great number of people, and they are expected during the summer months, I would suggest that you come early although there is plenty of standing room as a rule. You will no doubt be glad to hear that a good number of people bring their lunch and make a day of it. 
It may interest you to know that my daughter was married in the W.C., and that it was there she met her husband. I shall be delighted to reserve the best seat for you, if you wish, where you will be seen by all. Sincerely, the schoolmaster. I cut it down a bit, but you get the idea. Well, uh, for three and a half weeks, Parr was off The Tonight Show. They eventually decided they'd better apologize to him. He was their big star. They wanted him back. They went down, fetched him from Florida where he was hiding, thinking that, you know, that was it. In fact, let's let Jack tell it in his own words. Well, I just disappeared, and I ended up at a little dinky motel in in, uh, West Palm Beach Mm -hmm. with my wife, scared to death because I had given up the only thing I had ever done that was really successful and had a future. And I really honestly did it for no other reason than uh, that it was the thing I had to do. I lost faith in these people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I left, and then I was hidden, and for weeks nobody could find me. And it was front page stuff everywhere. And one day, I saw a limousine coming down a dusty road near this motel, and I said, my God, it's the press, and I'm not talking to the press anymore, ever. And I began to run down this dusty road away from this limousine. And then two men got out, and they chased me, and I said, it's a damn press. Well, it wasn't. It was Robert Sarnoff, (laughs) the chairman of the board of NBC, and Bob Kittner, the president of NBC, who were chasing me down this dusty road. And they said, okay, you're coming back. I'll just forget this nonsense. And when Jack did finally return to the program, he had one of the great lines in showbiz history as follows. Here's Jack! As I was saying before I was interrupted. <laughs> I got to tell you, I admire the hell out of what this guy did. Uh, in, our, in our program, we try and aim high and bring you the same kind of variety that, that Jack Parr brought to television audiences back in the 1960s. So in our own small way, we're trying to carry on in the Parr tradition. If you've never really seen him in action, I can't recommend highly enough that you get your hands on the DVD, Jack Parr, as I was saying, which, uh, like I say, aired as part of the American Masters series on PBS um, back in 1997. There are num- numerous websites that feature clips of uh, Parr in action. NPR might be a good place to start. There are some other websites. There is still a Jack Parr official site that you can reach. The Museum Broadcast Communications um, has a reference to him, and you can look up the Jack Parr show on the web, and uh, you'll get numerous hits. We would also recommend extremely highly that uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you visit the Museum of Television and Radio. uh, I've done this on numerous occasions. We had the director, Barbara Dixon, come on this program some months ago. It's a great museum, a great resource, and uh, in there you can look at quite a bit of Jack Parr in action, and when I have gone there, that's exactly what I have done on more than one occasion. You can probably also snag one of Jack's books in uh, your local favorite uh, used bookstore. His first one, Jack Parr, I Kid You Not, uh, was a bestseller, and he had uh, several others that uh, sold quite well as well. My Saber is Bent, I believe is the title of another one, and uh, also Three on a Toothbrush comes to mind. Uh, That phrase, I Kid You Not, used to be uh, really a part of the language. 
You don't hear it much anymore. Of him, the Washington Post said, Jack Parr was genuine, and the footprints he left on the loony moonscape of television are enormous. They'll be there forever. We should mention, too, an email we received from Jim on our website, uh, which we do recommend if you want to talk to us, send us an email at info at radioparallax.com. Jim did forward an email he received about Jack Parr that I wanted to quote from briefly. This is from Robbie in uh, Tokyo, who said that Jack Parr was certainly one of a kind and will be missed. He was a true television pioneer. Can you imagine seeing Robert Kennedy on as a guest right after JFK was assassinated, discussing with a heavy heart what his brother was trying to do for our country? Or along different lines, can you imagine having the entire crew journey to one of the world's last leper colonies on an island in Hawaii? Or to the Berlin Wall as it was being built? It was called adult entertainment. Not like today in our presently sophisticated times where we see that phrase referring to pornography. That says it all, doesn't it? Thanks to Jim for that. Uh, Jim said he never saw The Tonight Show with Jack Parr himself since he was only a year old when he left the program, but he'd seen snippets of the work here and there, and it seems like he was a rare talent. Indeed, he was. I remember all too well, uh, I guess I was age 11, when uh, the Jack Parr network program that followed The Tonight Show finally went off the air. Well, actually, let's, let's run a clip from that. There are great opportunities for new talent in television. I know from my own beginnings in radio how important that first break can be. And I've tried to offer such a beginning to new performers on this program. In a sense, that's what I'm doing now, too. Having run out of fresh, exciting new ideas to bring you myself, I feel I should give somebody else a turn. At any rate, this is in no sense a valedictory. In fact, if anything, it's more of a valentine to a network and a profession that have been very good to me. I hope I've given them a good run for their money. And who knows, someday I may re-enter the lists with a new saber, neither broken nor bent, and plow up the field all over again. So now, thank you. Goodbye. Good night. Come on, Laika. We're going to go home. Come on. Come on. Well, unfortunately for all of us, he never really did come back. Um, he did actually make a stab in the 1970s at a late-night program, alternating with Dick Cavett. But I think that uh, his fan base had left television and moved on, and uh, it didn't last for a while. He quit after a few months, and uh, that was pretty much the end of Jack Parr on television. This is something that we are all impoverished by. He did make an occasional guest spot, he would appear on David Letterman, of course, via the Hal Gurney connection. Uh, Gurney is the director of, uh, of David Letterman's show and, of course, was on uh, Jack's program back in the 60s. And I think probably my favorite single guest appearance that I ever saw on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show was near the end of his run when Jack Parr came back and the two of these old masters went at it back and forth. And uh, you could see that the two guys were enjoying themselves immensely. I would guess that people would think you and I would feel a little awkward kind of, of embracing. No. But uh, it didn't I, I wish that I had never given you the show. I wish I had rented it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have leased it, huh? Or I wish I had married you if I knew you might have... <laughs> 
Parr at one point just finally said, you know, I talk too much and got off probably a little bit early and, and said, I, I'm going to go and, and more or less, again, walked off. Uh, they'd pretty much run their course. They'd had what they had to say. Carson looked at the camera and said, you know, I, that's, that's the first time I've ever really sat down and talked to Jack Parr like that. And I think you'll agree with me that in his own right, Johnny Carson was a bit of a genius. He had to be to have lasted 29 years from 1962 to 1991, sitting in that chair in The Tonight Show. But uh, on that last appearance, again, it was Jack Parr engaging in conversation that made the thing so magical. That's it for today's program. We'll see you again next Thursday at 5 o'clock. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax, and this show was produced by Mr. Edward McMillan. Let's go out with a, uh, an appropriate piece of music, I think, for Mr. Jack Parr, uh, Scott Joplin's immortal The Entertainer. Todd is here lining up some fine musical selections for you, as he always does, so stay tuned for that. And I got to tell you, in this last segment, I'm glad I got through this without, uh, without really like. <laughs> Parr was famous for crying. He would get very emotional, get a tear in his eye, and cry during the show. And I got to tell you, I really have mourned the loss of this guy for the last 40 years, and I'm genuinely, genuinely sorry that he passed away uh, last week. He really was the number one person on our wish list to have been interviewed for this program, and I'm truly sorry we never will get the chance to do that. Thanks so much, Jack. Again, we'll see you next week.